Locally made, naturally delicious. I'm a Democrat. A liberal voice on a conservative talk show. What's the worst that could happen? It's Debate with the Democrat, featuring proud card-carrying Democrat Jeff Smith on 93.3 and AM 560 KWTO. Let's get ready to rumble! Welcome back to the show, Jeff Smith. We're kicking off with our question of the day. Question of the day today. What's the biggest tourist trap in the country? Times Square. That's that's easy. Interesting. Why Times Square? Oh, it's a freaking nightmare. It's like the worst place on the universe. It's like in like the seven it's like the eighth circle of hell. It's like a million tourists. It's so cheesy. It's all chained. It's like this just cacophony of noise and like Jeff, I think you're in a bad cell area. Is there anywhere you could you could get to that would that would improve it? Aside from uh, just buying an iPhone. Uh, <laughs> can you hear me now? I can hear you much better now. Okay, Jeff, we're gonna play a little okay. game called "What's the Achilles Heel of Each Person Running for President as a Republican?" We're gonna bypass Trump because I know he's your favorite. Let's just start with Ron DeSantis. What's his biggest Achilles heel in the campaign? No one has figured out how to do a personality transplant yet. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I think his biggest Achilles heel is he is unwilling to attack Trump. I, I feel like he's 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 played soft, soft patty cake with Trump and not run. You don't need to be Chris Christie and make your life about Trump, but you have to run against Trump. And he's he's unwilling to, to commit to that all the way. That's the great Hulk Hogan. No, sorry. The great Ric Flair once said, to be the man, you got to beat the man. 100%. And, and Ron DeSantis is showing no sign that he's man enough to take on the man in, in the Republican primary, which is currently Donald Trump. Um, okay. Tim Scott. He's a wimp. <laughs> he... He is perceived maybe as too nice of guy. I don't disagree with that. He's got to start show, showing some showing some flats, right? Yeah, I mean, like, look, there have been a few times in history when America was ready for in 2024 is not looking for the nicest guy who's Mr. Congeniality and has 99 friends in the U.S. Senate. That is not a selling point for him right now. And so he's going to need to, I think, you know, you said you think willingness to take on Trump. I think Scott needs to take on somebody, uh, probably Trump and maybe some other people too. But his last debate performance didn't suggest that he's got that kind of moxie uh, to him. Um, Okay. Let's go with Nikki Haley. I know you're excited for this one. <laughs> Nikki Haley just needs to figure out who she is and stick kill his heel is that she's a stick your finger in the wind and uh 
know, never Trump in 2016. Then she took a job in this White House and was, you know, uh, abandoned him after January 6th. And then she slinked right back to him uh, asked a couple months later and said if he ran for president, she wouldn't run. And then she went ahead and ran and reversed herself again. So she's reversed herself five times on Trump. I think that's her Achilles heel. I think there's an easy, not easy, but there's a way for her to message it by saying, look, Joe, when Donald Trump won, I liked his America first policies and I went to help him implement those policies at the UN. And here were some of our successes. But then he became increasingly unhinged. It culminated in January 6th. And that's where he lost me. And that way she can put the arc of her professional decisions in the context of why she's no longer supporting him and give Republican primary voters the same kind of permission structure that they need because they all support him in 2016 and many support him in 2020. And through the lens of her own professional you know, career trajectory, she can give them that structure to say, I was with him, but I can't support him again. And that way she's not Vivek Ramaswamy saying Trump is the greatest president in American history, but she's also not Chris Christie saying he's the worst president ever, right? I think her campaign, if she ever shows that she's going anywhere, or specifically if she ever gets to the general election, I think the media starts discussing the Will folks rumors. Listen, they're all too happy to discuss any allegations against anybody else, whether it be Christy Nome or Russell Brand or whoever it might be. Shoot, I see them asking questions about Kim Reynolds and Ron DeSantis. I think that's the single biggest Achilles heel she has is her ceiling comes with that question. Uh, I'm still waiting for Christy Nome or Corey Lewandowski to to even deny the allegations. Neither, uh, the neither of them have done so yet. The, the difference, well, that's not true. Christy Noem denied him a few years ago. The difference between that she situation... She denied him a few years ago and then didn't say a word yeah, why, presented why would with you more evidence your, and why credible you, allegations this time. They're not credible. There's literally nothing. They, they, There is not one single piece of proof other than people are saying. I would not stoop to deny, to, to, to even engaging with those things. But with, with, with Nikki Haley, when she was governor of, of South Carolina... Two different people signed affidavits with court saying they were having an affair with her. I think if she gets to a certain point in the polls, the media is certainly going to ask those questions. I think that's the single biggest Achilles heel she has. It's definitely one of them. But, you know, I don't know that I'd call it the single biggest Achilles heel because uh, Donald Trump's uh, rampant infidelity uh, has Trump been well different. known. For, we all know it. For, 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 for many years. Certainly didn't stop Republican primary voters from supporting him. So we'll see. Uh, let's go next on the debate stage to Chris Christie. I mean, you know, he is, uh, he, his biggest Achilles heel is looking like a one trick pony that the only thing he can do is denounce Trump, but you know, he's denouncing Trump now, but he's not even owning his culpability in legitimizing Trump. And so there's some cognitive dissonance there. And that's why even the never Trump faction of your primary voters is not sold on him. Um, I think his other Achilles heel is his appearance. Uh, there's just a certain level of, of morbid obesity beyond which, uh, you know, a lot of voters won't support someone. So, you know, I'm just being honest. Uh, I think that that's a, 
that's what he killed Teal for. Um, okay, I I totally agree. I think he also has to demonstrate to the voters he's running on something other than hating Donald Trump. It's fine to go after Trump. I think the other candidates should do it. He has not demonstrated one time that it's going to do anything but run against Donald Trump. And people, as much as they vote on hate and fear, you have to have somebody that stands for something. And I don't think anybody knows what Chris Christie stands for. So that's that's my inclination. Um, yeah, I mean, there's there's more than one. There's people trying to be never Trump, and there's Vivek, you know, trying to be always Trump. Uh, and there's got to be a lane. I mean, and I think the lane for DeSantis that he's probably missed out on is the move beyond Trump, uh, where you don't have to be never Trump, but you don't have to, you know, be a total sycophant to him like Ramaswamy said. Um, okay, let's go with Doug Bergen. I know we're sort of reaching into some of the netherworlds, but I still think there's a path. Achilles, his Achilles heel is that he sounds like he's running for governor of North Dakota again. He talks about like, he, you know, he talks about drilling, you know, uh, opening up, you know, more places for drilling. Like that, that's the answer that'll get you elected governor, but he's got to show some kind of vision. He's got a really interesting life story. He's the only self-made billionaire on that stage, uh, but he sure didn't do a very good job of telling that story in the first debate. Um, final, or, or uh, here's the next one I want to ask you about. This is an unusual one. I'm going to ask you about Glenn Youngkin, governor of Virginia. You know, you got to get off the pot, you know, spending a whole year saying, you know, I'm, you know, uh, telling rich donors uh, in New York City, yes, I'm still, I'm thinking about it. The door is open. I want to see how, first, I want to show that I can win in the Virginia legislative elections. You know, you can count on two hands, maybe one hand, the number of voters, Republican primary voters in this country that are going to make a decision about Glenn Youngkin based on how some state house candidates ran in the Virginia house, you know, general assembly races this fall. So, he should have either said, yes, I'm in, or no, I'm not in. Because uh, I think this Hamlet Act is not really endearing himself to people. People want decisive leaders, and he's not modeling that behavior in the way that he can, is hanging out there, but won't say whether he's going to do it or not. Okay. Um, Joe Biden. What do you, what do you think? Uh, so I, I agree. I think everybody sort of has this idea that He's the magical savior. And the problem I've got with, with Glenn Youngkin is I don't know how Glenn Youngkin is different from anybody else in the race that's not getting traction against Donald Trump. Uh, you know, his, his resume and Ronald DeSantis resume are the same. They took purple states. They made them red. They're successful in policy and politics. And they both worked with Jeff Rowe. And I don't know how either one of them seems to make any progress in a presidential primary against Donald Trump. Yeah. And furthermore, People are always polling the best the day before they announce for president, you know, because then you start taking a bunch of hits, you know, from the media, you get more scrutiny, you get opponents dropping opposition research on you. If you're only polling at, you know, four or five percent in national polls, uh, like a Yunkin before you announce, I'm not sure that, uh, that you're going to be such a white knight when you get in. You know, Rick Perry was another example of this in 2020. Everybody loved him until he actually got in the race. So I agree with you. I think all Yunkin does is further split up the non-Trump vote and make it easier for Trump to uh, be the nominee. He's certainly not going to unite everybody that's uh, all the voters that are 
supporting Haley, DeSantis, Christie, Scott, you know, uh, and others right now. Um, all right, let's talk. Let's talk the big guy, Donald Trump. We all say what's his what's his Achilles, but he's he's romping to a primary win right now. No matter how bad he seems to want to run for president, what's the Achilles for him in the general? Or is there one in the so primary? Gonna, Maybe there's one in the primary we've missed. Uh, you know, unfortunately, this is something I have a little bit of insight into uh, for regular listeners out there who kind of know my history. Um, he's got 18 co-defendants in that Georgia case. And that means 18 people want to figure out how the hell they're going to stay out of prison. And in most cases, in prosecutions like this, the biggest scalp is the one that the prosecutor wants the most. And that's obviously Donald Trump. And so there's going to be a lot of incentives provided in the way of lower, you know, lighter sentences uh, or maybe even probation for people who are willing to say, I did this, you know, at the direction of the White House. And everyone looking to cut deals uh, over the next several months in the January 6th case that Jack Smith is bringing in Washington, D.C., in the Georgia case. And in the documents case in Florida, in those three cases, all those other people involved in the cases, sometimes as co-defendants, other times as unindicted co-conspirators, those people collectively are his Achilles heel because there is not going to be a united front in these courtrooms saying Donald Trump is innocent. There are going to be a ton of people with huge incentives to say, he told me to do it. I did it at his behest. And, you know, that's why I shouldn't go to prison. That's his Achilles heel. I think the biggest problem he's got is he, I I say this all the time, politics is the the art of addition. Donald Trump hasn't gained voters since 16 and 20. I just don't know anybody who's like, I I didn't like him in 16, 20, but I'm voting for him now. But I do know people like, I voted for him, but it's too much for me now. And the problem is you can't win a presidential race running like that. You may win a primary, no doubt there, but I don't know how you win a presidential race. Okay. Let's talk Joe Biden. I mean, obviously, if the Hunter stuff turns out to touch him, that's his biggest, you know, his age is the overriding Achilles heel. He could probably survive and eke out another narrow victory uh, if the Hunter stuff doesn't touch him in a way that shows that he was totally, you know, in some way, you're not just complicit, but benefiting from payments that went to Hunter uh, in exchange for any public policy decision that he advocated for as vice president. If that is evidence stating that emerges, which people like Jamie Comer uh, have been insisting that they have, um, even though he's been shown to be uh, basically a buffoon over promising and under delivering repeatedly over the last several months. If he can actually follow through on these uh, promises of evidence that he has, then that will take Biden's presidential campaign down and potentially even, you know, make, uh, have Democrats, someone from within say, you know, he can't be the nominee. Uh, if evidence like that emerges, we haven't seen it yet. I, I think the biggest problem he's got is obviously the age thing is, I think, the number one. We saw polls right now. 60% of Americans think he is mentally not equipped to be the president of the United States. They may find somebody they hate more than Joe Biden, but nobody actually thinks 
he's up to the task of being president. In my mind, that is that's just a fundamental flaw of of his is that you get into a general election and the Republicans don't nominate somebody who's the most unpopular person in America. It's very hard to see how Joe Biden can put together a winning coalition. I agree with that statement, Elijah, and uh, and it's very concerning to me uh, as a Democrat. Um, but uh, my central concern is, is that Trump um, not be back in the White House. <laughs> this, which is the reason that 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 Joe Biden will win the presidency. Because there are a lot of people that don't think Joe Biden is mentally capable of being president, but they dislike Donald Trump so much they will vote for somebody who may have Alzheimer's over somebody over over Donald Trump, and that is that's an indictment not just of 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 Donald Trump. It's an indictment of the current process and the fact that literally the two, one totally unqualified and one person that is totally despised will end up in a general election against each other. And it seems like we are on a crash course to that happening. Uh, and I, I didn't know that I'd use the word totally despised in terms of Trump. Um, it's not a personal feeling for me about, about him. It's that I fear that he doesn't respect democracy. And he showed that very clearly in his months long effort to overturn a democratic election uh, and now his lionizing of the people who rioted on January 6th shows that he really is fundamentally opposed to the basic traditions of American democracy. Uh, I can, there's, I, I voted for uh, Mike Kehoe in the general election in 2020. I voted for Scott Fitzpatrick in the general election in 2020, 2020, 2022. I will vote for Republicans who I think are good public servants and, and, uh, and do the right thing. But Donald Trump is uh, a bridge too far. And I think yeah, the swing voters in this country will agree with that, as they did in 2018, 2020, 2021 in Georgia, uh, when he forced Kelly Loeffler and David Perdue to go with him in denying the results of the election. And then in 2022 as well, when his hand-picked Senate nominees crashed and burned around the country. So, you know, if your party wants to go on this kamikaze mission, more power. Jeff, if you if people want to follow you on X, how do they do that? If people want to follow me, they can go to at Jeff Smith Mo is my handle on X at Jeff Smith M O uh, as in Missouri, and uh, look forward to hearing thoughtful comments from your listeners uh, about what I've said today on Elon's site. <laughs> Jeff, thanks so much for joining us. We really appreciate it. Great to talk to you, Elijah. You have a great day. You too. That was Jeff Smith. We're going to come right back. We're going to talk about worst tourist traps in the country. And then coming up at 5.05, Dennis Lennox. He'll have a real answer because he writes travel blogs for the Christian Post. Plus, he'll talk about Ron DeSantis and what he needs to fix to get back in the presidential race. Came into this world, I was lost, not found. Did not hold me in its arms like it holds me now. So I dreamt myself a bird who could cross the waves And I woke up just a man who was miles away Miles away 